A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the PowerSlam podcast here on uh, Patreon, 24 hours early if you pledge or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny McIntosh and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you doing this fine sunny Thursday? Kenny, I'm doing well. It's still warm, but tolerable, bearable. Hopefully um, it's tolerable and bearable in Glasgow as well. Yeah, it's very nice weather here, so cannot complain. And, um, you know, I, I, I did put a thing out on our Facebook community to advise people that, you know, uh, this it's our fifth year anniversary, or it was our fifth year anniversary um, in May of us starting this podcast. And I put out, see if they have any, que- any questions for us. Boy, oh boy, Finn, do they have questions for us? I don't know if you've spotted any of these, but I think we're, we're currently sitting at 28 questions. I'm moved by the response, Kenny. Yeah, moved. And thanks to everyone for sending the questions in. Uh, We're going to attempt to answer possibly not all of them, but as many as we can, right? We are. Yeah, well, do you know what? I'm actually going to, because obviously that that podcast is going to be on Patreon, right? That's where that's going to live. I do want to read something out because this person, Paul, his name is, Paul wrote this and it's not a question, but I think it's just worth, everybody on the main feed hearing this story if you indulge me for a moment finn okay so paul said five years wow that's great kenny and finley well done and thanks for all the great podcasts over those five years especially when the world was broken there for two years the podcasts were a great escape and we, and even though i was an out of work musician at the time i didn't stop my patreon which is absolutely lovely so thank you so much for that paul um 
he said, not a question, but just to let you know, the first time I discovered ITR was when Finn announced on his Facebook that he was starting the Power Slam podcast, and now I listen to many hours of ITR every week. I also have an interesting slash unbelievable slash stupidity story of how the Power Slam podcast cost me 220 euros one time. I don't know if that fits the bill for the anniversary show or not, and I, of course, wanted that story in detail. So here it is. Here's what happened to Paul. Paul said, so in the days before the podcasts were on Apple Podcasts, I was listening to them, I think, on YouTube or somewhere else. So anyway, I had a gig one Saturday night at a venue about 75 minutes from my house, and I wanted to listen to the latest Power Slam episodes. I was three weeks behind at the time, so I searched for an app that I thought downloaded YouTube videos to my iPhone. Thinking I had found... One, I downloaded the three episodes and set off for the gig and listened to all three episodes on the way there and back. Oh, the wow. end of the month came and my phone bill had shot from about 80 euros to over 300 euros for the month. After my initial shock, I got an itemized bill and could trace 220 euros data charge to the night of the gig. Oh, no. I had a really small data bundle on my plan at the time and a very high charge per megabyte out of bundle. So the app actually hadn't downloaded the YouTube content at all. I was streaming it solidly the whole journey. Oh no. I think I deserve a dumbest listener award for that, but also something for taking it on the chin, paying the charge and staying a loyal listener and patron for five years. Thankfully, you went on Apple Podcasts soon after and thank God for all you can eat data mobile plans now. So Paul... Horahan, I mean, I'm not. I'm, we're not going to call you the dumbest listener, but I mean, you definitely deserve some plaudits for uh, a very expensive listening experience. Exactly, that's dedication, Kenny. That's somebody who couldn't wait. I mean, yeah. listen, we've all been there, haven't we? You know, I had a thing of several years ago in my phone. I had this really cheap plan, and then I massively exceeded it. I was like, "What? Hundred quid?" And uh, it was just like I was paying like about six quid a month, and then I got a bill for it was like 120 pounds in a month. And I'm not going to go into the reasons why it went up so much. There was something of a crisis going on in uh, with a certain relative at the time, uh, but I got absolutely hammered because my my contract, which ordinarily was was more than enough to cover my needs, then wasn't during due to these, you know unforeseen circumstances and i got absolutely slaughtered by my phone company so we've all been there haven't we let's be we're, honest we've all been there and i you know i um yeah i very much appreciate the fact that you i don't know if even even i don't know if i would have been as understanding to myself about the 220 euros i'm very glad that you can look back and laugh at it which means that we can laugh with you at it yes yes um, well there is some pain there i'm wincing i'm wincing here <laughs> You know, then I was like, I was like, I was like, oh God, should we, should we send this man a care package or something? But do you know what? I thought we'd read it out here and give you the moment and um, yeah, fair, fair play for. Yeah, yeah uh, thanks for sticking with us anyway. So uh, you know, so, regardless. But as I say, yeah, we've all had those moments, you know, where we should have, uh, you know, the better we say, Kenny. The benefit of foresight beats the benefit of hindsight every day of the week. We've all had those moments where we just. You know, if only I'd thought it through before I made that decision and looked into it further and done my due diligence. But uh, hey, these things, uh, we all, we learn from these things and grow as people, don't we, Kenny? Yeah, and Paul, you're still with us. So it's not, it's, it's worked out in the end. Um, but yes, we'll be doing that pod, the podcast with all the questions next week. So look out for that on Patreon. Um, 
let's dive into the news, Finn. Um, last week, it was broken initially by Andrew Zarian because he had uh, seen a memo that the USA Network had uh, circulated that said that Raw was going to be moving to a P- uh, TV 14 rating. Um, initially, yeah, Pat, Pat McAfee mentioned something about this on SmackDown, didn't he, when he came out? He said, well, you know, we're not TV 14 yet. I know SmackDown's not on USA Network, of course, it's on Fox, but it was acknowledged on the air by Pat McAfee on SmackDown last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it was supposed, so initially the, 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 the press release or whatever was circulated said it was going to start with the July 18th Raw this past Monday. Um, so it's since been, it since come out that they are going to be moving to TV 14, but just not this soon. Uh, SummerSlam is actually showing up on Peacock, I believe, in the US as having a TV 14 rating where premium live events recently have been, well, for the last while have been PG, not TV 14. Uh, so, Finn, I know, I know that you'd written about this recently, but now, <laughs> it is, now it's come to fruition just to annoy you. Um, what do you make of the news, and do you think it's going to provoke any real change, good or bad, to the product that we watch each week? Um, I don't think, it, I, I mean, I stand by most of what I wrote in last month's Q&A um, in the the reason it was TVPG was because the sponsors and the advertisers needed to have that assurance that they were going to, their products um, and services or whatever were being advertised, you know, during programming that didn't feature Mae Young giving birth to a hand. You know what I mean? I mean, that was, that was the whole thing. You know, that was the whole point. That was the whole thrust of that answer is that, you know, we know that WWE went TV PG back in July 2008 because they wanted the Mattel deal, which came later, of course. And that was a condition for Mattel uh, entering into a partnership with WWE to do the figures. Uh, as far as I know, Kenny Mattel and WWE are still partners in 2022, right? They're still yeah, they, they, just, they just did, uh, they're in San Diego right now for the Comic Con. They just actually um, sh- showed a sneak peek of some of the stuff they've got coming up. They've got a massive... Uh, Nitro set that they're bringing out, but it's the, the wow. kind of 90, 97, 98 Nitro set, the full shebang. So it appears to be going strong still. So maybe Mattel have uh, eased on that uh, provision at this point. Well, I think what it, I think there'll be assurances will have been um, you know relayed or disseminate, disseminated to sponsors and advertisers that nothing is really going to change. I think maybe we'll have the occasional uh, blade job. I think maybe there'll be intentional blood. There'll be some slightly stronger language, but I can't see much of the product changing because it could very well deter sponsors and advertisers. And as we know, it's all about the money with WWE. It's all about the money really with most wrestling companies, at least any company that's in business, it's all about the money. Um, So any company that's actually doing business, I should say. Um, So yeah, I don't think much is going to change. I mean, it's annoying, of course, that that this shift is apparently occurring right after I stated the TV PG rating is here to stay. But I don't <laughs> think much is really going to change. I think the product will be very similar. Anyone who thinks that this is going to be, you know, the green light is going to open the floodgates to a return to the attitude era of, of 98 to 2001, you know, is very much mistaken. As I uh, wrote in that same answer, there is no way USA Network, Fox, TBS, TNT, you know, any serious mainstream national network or TV station 
would screen um, many of the things that were broadcast between you know, on WWF television between 1998 and 2001. It, it, there's just no way that those things would be on the air. There's no way they could be screened in 2022. So, yeah, I think maybe there'll be a little, the language will be maybe a little bit coarser. You know, there'll be slightly more swearing, maybe intentional blood loss. Um, although I wouldn't guarantee that either, because if you've got people blading on a regular basis, that could also deter sponsors and advertisers. And that's what it's all about, as we know, Kenny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there will be some changes, but I think they'll be subtle. Um, and I'm not quite sure why. Maybe USA is thinking, well, if we give them the TV 14 rating, it means that on special occasions when they want to do a super heat angle, they can do intentional blood. And, you know, we'll approve that. We'll rubber stamp that. We'll give, you know, WWE the authorization in advance to do that, to do like a super beatdown angle with blood. But I, I just can't see, I don't think people will be bleeding on TV on a regular basis. What do you make of all this, Kenny? What do you think? Um, I mean, I do feel like what's, what has to have happened is that Mattel are okay with it. First of all, and then I mean, if they if they do it, I think there is a way they can do it where they can have you know certain characters maybe their language is a bit more colourful you know from ten to eleven or something. So it's, it's purely in the hours where like you know well if you've got your like nine year old up watching Raw from ten to eleven, like you're gonna know that there might be a bit more colourful language going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think now especially I mean kids watch a lot worse stuff than you know. WB. And even then, if they do do the more, you know, if the language gets worse, if there's a bit more sexualization than there used to be, um, they're not going to go as far as they did in the attitude either. Because they can't. They simply cannot do that in 2022. And the the thing is, it's a a completely different landscape. You know, 2022, you have to be, I mean, the fact that they don't mention, the fact that for four years Trump was president and they never mentioned it is a different world to, you know, 1999 or 1998. Like, now you have to keep people on side, and to do that, you can't really go too far in either direction. You can't go too right-wing, you can't go too left-wing. They're, they're, they're Switzerland in that regard, and they're going to continue yeah. to be Switzerland, I think. So I don't think that you'll get... I think you'll get more risque stuff, but I don't think you'll get, you know, miscarriages and, uh, you know, tits getting <laughs> shown on TV and stuff. I don't think that's going to happen but um yeah i don't i don't see it being a massive change to the product i mean raw has been i've found raw more of a slog in the last six weeks because it was a lot better earlier this year um and i don't think that the tv 14 thing is going to make it any better i think it's, it's just going to be are they going to write better shows whether it's pg or not so you know we'll see i mean but you know if somebody like mjf comes in in 2024 tv 14 would be quite good for him because he has a character who I think would be would be better if he can be a bit more risque. I'm not saying he has to use the F word and stuff, but I think that he would benefit from that. I think there's some characters who would who would thrive a bit more in that kind of way, you know? Because it's, I mean, you know, this past week on Raw, we had to watch Logan Paul talk about The Miz having blueberries. You know, it's a bit like, oh, come on. It's so yeah. cringe. He was. I, I mean, I don't know why he said that when they made it a running joke that Miz has got tiny balls for weeks on end. Yeah, he's so got a T-shirt. Much... He's got a T-shirt saying he has massive balls. Exactly. So I don't know why 
maybe that was his decision and maybe he didn't feel like he wanted to say that on a TV PG show or maybe he thought because now he was a baby face he didn't want to use that word to describe uh, his opponent's testicles I have no idea but I mean that was certainly not TV TV 14 that was very that was like that was like U rated wasn't it that was like you know the same Sean the Sheep rating it was like you know suitable for all sort that you'd put in children's programming so um, yeah, I don't think I don't think much is going to change, um, but I think having that flexibility could be very useful for WWE on occasion. Um, I mean, I don't want them to go back to the way they were. I mean, you remember Kenny the DX comeback, don't you? In two thousand six. I do. I unfortunately I do. Yeah. I mean, there was that first week when it was quite funny, and by week two, it was excruciating. I mean, it's just embarrassing. You were just like toe-curlingly bad. And you were watching it, you're just like, oh. I mean, happily, I don't, as people know, I watch wrestling alone. And that was one of those times when I was very pleased that I was, that I did, and I still do watch wrestling alone. Because it was just like, you know, this is just like, it's so infantile, this humour. And that's the thing when WWE has the freedom to, do things like that it can actually backfire on all of us the viewers the fans because they do things that embarrass us that make us <laughs> embarrassed to be fans and in some ways the tv pg rating um forced wwe in some ways to be more grown up in the way it presented paradoxically its product because it couldn't get away with you know, juvenile, you know, infantile humour like that. But I mean, yeah, I remember at the time just thinking, you know, why is this on the air? You know, it was, it, what was it? It was, um, big, was it Big Dick Johnson? That was the character, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Whenever he turned up, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's just so, why is this guy on TV again? And it was just, you just wanted to turn the turn it off. You just, you just like... It was just grim, wasn't it? So, I mean, when they have the freedom to do those things, it means they're more likely to do them. And when it's TV PG and they can't do that, in some ways, we're better off. So, yeah. you know, on, on one hand, on one hand, I think it can be, this could be useful if it's used correctly, but also it could be, it could very well be problematic because Vince may regress to his bad old ways. That could happen. That could be the the outcome of all this. So I'm gonna I'm now taking a, a wait and see approach here, Kenny. I'm not gonna start catastrophizing about hmm. what they might do because I don't think they'll do those things because it would upset the sponsors and the sponsors and the advertisers and our WWE's priorities certainly more than the fans. <laughs> um, so I don't think they would do any of those things that would bring, you know, would cause sponsors and advertisers to feel ashamed to be uh, advertising their products during the programming. So I think that will, that will keep them, them honest or keep them in line or more, it's more likely to keep them in line. Uh, but we shall, we shall, uh, we'll have to wait and see Kenny, but I, I think it's going to be all right. I'm not that concerned um, because I think things have moved on. Um, and also they know that, if they were to do things like that in 2022, because obviously Twitter wasn't around in 2006. And if that was around in 2022, they would be 
you know, absolutely hammered online, you know, absolutely hammered. And people would be retweeting those clips over and over. That would come to the attention of said advertisers and sponsors who then may be inclined to review their, you know, partnerships and business relationships with the company. We will see how how it pans out. We'll see how uh, if if the if we get more two thousand six DX stuff, or we get something a bit more nuanced. Um, I do want to ask you, Finn. So there's been three or two separate reports this week about uh, CM Punk potentially being able to come back for All Out, depending on the success of his surgery. Brian Danielson looks to be coming back very soon, and Kenny Omega also could be back by All Out. Um, Danielson, I mean, if he when he comes back, I mean, Punk obviously is heading to the match with Moxley. That's going to be what happens when he returns regardless. What would you yeah. like to see Danielson do when he comes back? Do you want to see him in the, the Blackpool Combat Club with Claudio and the crew, or do you want to see him move on? What would you like to see from uh, the former D-Bry? No, I want to see him split from, from Regal and those guys, go it alone, pursue the title. I think he should become champion. I think he can do some good things with the belt. Um, I think he it should be Danielson versus CM Punk for the belt. I would think that Punk will defeat Moxley, um, and then yeah. then maybe present Danielson Punk in November and make Danielson champ. Uh, what is he? I mean, is he what is he now? Forty one, I believe Danielson is, and I think this injury should expedite his journey to the title. Let's give Brian. Let's give Brian Danielson the belt. Let's see what he can do with it, you know, in case his career ends next year. I mean, I think this probably will have put the wind up people in AEW that Brian's had to take this much time off. Um, So I just don't think they should delay his championship reign any longer than necessary. As soon as the storyline, you know, permits him to become champion, he should become champion. Then he can do you know, at least three months or four months or five months or however many months with the belt, he can have that experience in AEW. And then if he does have to retire next year or he's injured again or whatever, he'll have gone as far as he can in AEW, he'll have had the reign. And at that point, it's it doesn't feel like we've been shortchanged. It, it will, you know, this is what we've all... When, when Brian Danielson arrived in AEW last year, we all saw him as a future AEW world champion, didn't we, Kenny? Yeah, that was 100%. that was his obviously eventual destination. To me, they need to get in there as soon as as soon as they can, as soon as they reasonably can. Um, and let's see what he can do with the belt. It just feels to me like you know, they brought him in, he had the, the, the Kenny Omega matches, he did the stuff with Adam Page, which you know was exciting in the ring, but didn't really achieve its objective. And it just feels to me like Brian Danielson, um, there's so much unfulfilled potential for him in AEW. And I just feel like they need to get the show on the road and and start chasing that as, as soon as they you know realistically can. What do you think, Ken? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think I'd like to see like a kind of slow, a slow split happen. Like I think it would actually be quite fun if you know, if Punk and Moxley have the match all out and Punk wins and then Danielson gets the title shot and then, you know, Danielson wins and that creates the sort of uh, breakup of the Blackpool Combat Club. You know, that could give us some fun title matches for Danielson against Moxley and Claudio and 
Um, yeah, I think that would be the way to go. I think when he's, I mean, he, I know in AEW they put a lot of people in factions, and I think a lot of it is because some people aren't that interesting. So if you put them in a faction, they'll be more interesting. But uh, Danielson definitely is the exception. I don't think he needs to be in a faction. I think he actually would thrive more on his own. And he's got a lot of opponents he could go go with. I mean, Eddie Kingston, I think he could bring some really good stuff out of him as well. I think he could do a lot with a lot of people. So um, the, the more chances we get to have him do big, big-time singles matches is the way to go. Um, yeah, and I, mean, I, don't, be- I don't want to see him anymore tangle six-mans. I'm just not really interested in that. I mean, that's surely... Tony Khan hired this man to make him champion and for him to headline shows. And I know he's headlined shows already and he's had some big matches, but to me, he should only be used. He should be used sparingly. And every match he he is booked in, Ryan Danielson, should matter. It shouldn't be just a throwaway TV match because how many matches has he got left? We don't know. You know, maybe he's completely fine and, you know, I'm overreacting and, you know, it's a layoff. We haven't, he hasn't wrestled since double or nothing, has he, Kenny? No. But, I mean, to me, this that's nearly two months ago now. So, you know, that's a, alarm bells are going off. You know, that's a warning sign to me that Brian Danielson, do not delay. Get this guy in the big matches while he's still capable of having big matches and wrestling long matches. That's what I would do anyway. Well, speaking of uh, not knowing, well, I mean, we do know how many matches this person's got left. It's one, it's Ric Flair. They've done the angle on the uh, sort of countdown series that Conrad Thompson and the StarCast team have been producing. Uh, so the match is going to be Ric Flair teaming with his son-in-law Andrade to take on Jay Lethal, who has been training him, and Jeff Jarrett. Um, they're building up that it's a, a long feud between the Jarretts and Flair. They did an angle after the press conference last month where Lethal attacks Flair because Flair wouldn't put him on the card and then Jarrett gets involved and Flair has some words with Jarrett and then Jarrett kind of uh, knock, knocks him out and gets him bloody. Hmm. Uh, of course. <laughs> you know, you got to do that blade job, Finn. Um, I mean, obviously we knew it wasn't going to be, you know, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair or anything like that. But what do you think of this as a, as a prospect given the kind of realistic options that were out there and do you think that this is going to be a hit on the night given what they're trying to do yeah i think so i mean i was i've got to say i was pleased when i uh when they finally announced who he would team with and who he would wrestle um i think everyone in in the match wants to be there i think everyone in that match knows what his role is which is to make rick flair shine um doesn't I imagine Jay Lethal will be the one who who does the uh, the job to the figure four leg lock, and so he should. Um, I can't imagine it'll be Jarrett, although maybe it will be. I mean, he doesn't really have anything to lose at this point. He's only a part time wrestler, but yeah, I, I like this match. I think this is a, a really good arrangement. I think everyone's going to get something out of this. Um, Flair can come in do his signature moves. Uh, work the crowd. The audience will be pleased to see him. I'm sure there'll be a really good atmosphere there. Um, we we know it's going to be Flair going over. He's not losing, surely, in his last match. And uh, I think this can be a big success. So, um, you know, unless Flair suffers an injury or something. I mean, I don't think he's going to take any unnecessary risks. I can't imagine he's going to try and do the Flair flip in the corner 
at this point in his life? Surely not. I think he's going to. Do you think he's going to? I, I, I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off. I, I, I would be, I would be shocked if he didn't give it a bash. I mean, maybe the flare flop. You know, the old Greg the Hammer thing. You know, flare flop. I think he might be able to pull that one off. Flare <laughs> flip in the corner. I mean, he was screwing that up in the two thousands, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, this, I mean. It... <laughs> And please, not the, 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 the press slam off the top rope. Do you think we're going to see that? 100%. Oh. He's, he's, going, to have, he's going to do all of the, the top spots. Um, one, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Well, going to I, happen. Thought, I always thought the, when, when, he, when he gets caught on the top rope and then body slammed into the ring, to me that was always a heel. He, he took that as a heel, not as a baby face. And sometimes he took it as a baby face. And that did never made any sense to me at all. Because that was a heel spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Flair's stuff towards the end has really made much sense. I think it's just about, you know, <laughs> get, I mean, I do like, I think the angle they did with, with Jarrett and Lethal was great. I thought it was really, really good. It's an old school wrestling angle. You know, it was, I, I liked Karen Jarrett wearing the white suit so she could have the blood all over it. Yeah, I mean, you knew she, you knew she was happy to be involved as well. You know, big Karen, she loves being in an angle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I think I, I think the, the big thing is going to be the post match. It's going to be the, it's it's going to be about the the celebration at the end. That's going to yeah. be what it's about. And uh, yeah, I mean, because I think if Flair wants to do it, I mean, he's been training for like four months for it. So I think if something was going to happen, I think it would have happened by now. Yeah, you know, I don't think doing, I don't think doing a, a bunch of moves after the training that he's done is going to do anything to him. Especially if he's just coming in to do the odd sequence and get back out again. Um, but again, I mean, I, the, the person to me that I just marvel at is Jeff Jarrett. I mean, this is a guy who seven years ago had a wrestling company that sold mouse mats on the internet, <laughs> and now. He's an EVP in WWE. He's yeah. got them putting video packages out about how great he is. He turned up in GCW as like a as like a hero, gunslayer, and he's the special referee of the Street Profits versus Uzo's tag team title match. Mm-hmm. Probably the number, maybe the number three match of the night at SummerSlam, or maybe even number two. Yeah, and now. He's going to be in Flair's last match. And the thing is, I think he actually does give it a big jolt of star power from what it, from, from the, the idea of what it would be before. So, you know, we could learn things from Jeff Jarrett, everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a guy who was a laughingstock for years, and he's absolutely turned it around. And good for him. You know, good for him for doing that. He's persevered. He's worked his way back to a position of respectability. Um, you know, and he's in a really, really good position in the business right now. And it says much for the level of respect that WWE has for him to allow Jarrett to do this match, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, also, because the thing is, I mean, you spoke to him recently. I've toured with him. He he has a charm. I mean, Jeff Jarrett is the sort of person who could sell you something that you already own. And you'd walk away going, I just paid for something I already want. He's that good at sort of the charm offensive. So I can understand why he has all the gigs that he has. 
Yeah, I mean, I, and also I just want to say, I think this is a really good gig for Andrade, who has been anonymous for most of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean... It, His partnership with Rush has not exactly set the world on fire. Oh, dear me. I mean, but Andrade, it's been a re- it's not been a great year for him, 2022. Um, just doesn't really feel like he's got anything going on. Uh, you know a lot of people in WWE are going to be watching this match. And he has to know that a lot of people in WWE are going to be watching this match. And this could be his audition. This could be his job interview for a return. And I think long term, that's where he sees himself going back to WWE. Because, I mean, he's not. Go- I just don't see him going any further than this in AEW. Um, I think he's I think if he were to go back to WWE, um, maybe they would give him a shot this time. I mean, they didn't obviously the first time and that's why he left. Uh, but I think he's somebody who, who could make it there second time round on the main roster. That is obviously he did pretty well in NXT, but he never really made it on the main roster, did he, Kenny? Yeah, I think he's going to struggle wherever he goes because he, you know he's not great at doing the promos. And I think in WWE they're not going to make him a top guy. Like AEW are going to make him a top guy, but I do think he can play off this current situation. You know, he's went to AEW. AEW have hired I think it's four hundred people this year. So, so, you know, he's just not at the top of that list. You know, they put him with the Matt Hardy office, which was just a disaster. Um, I I think, you know, he's with Charlotte. She's going to stay in WWE. I think he could definitely get a good, you know, run if he goes back. Um, And I'm sure it will peter out like it did before. But I think, you know, if, if he's went away and he does this match, he kind of keeps himself above water in AEW long enough. Um, because he, I, I don't know how long his contract is, but um, you know, he's only he's only been there like a year, hasn't he? Just over, is it about a year? Yeah, yeah. I think it's about a year. So showed up. Yeah, but um, you know, I mean, the good thing is because also he can go and do indies all the time, so he can sort of be continuously conti- keeping his name out there, even if it's not resonating much on AEW TV. So, yeah, which would be smart for him. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, if he goes back to WWE. They'll give him a manager and he'll just say a few words. And I think he can be effective in that role. He was in NXT. We talked about this at the time, didn't we, Kenny? That Zelina mm. was tremendous for him. It was the Zelina Andrade uh, partnership was uh, was was a hit, was a win for a win-win for both. Um but yeah, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out next weekend. But that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back uh, with an overrun over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inside ropes. And you can look out for our uh, five-year special next week on Patreon with loads of questions that you have asked us to answer. Uh, so Finn, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Yes, and you as well, Kenny. Um, yeah, just uh, cracking on with the next issue. Just started on the next um, installment of what else is going down. That'll be up next week. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, the wheels of the magazine industry and the wrestling industry never, never stop turning. Never. And we'll be here to cover it at all times. So thank you so much for your support, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 